You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You goddamn right, I do. One chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore. You are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. The Force will be with you. Always. Be bold. Be brave. Courageous. Black alert. It's called Pirate Radio. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech. That's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team. No heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hard true. If you feel the same, sing along to say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. It's like, yeah, uh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzford. I'm totally gonna use that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of At The Diner, the flagship podcast here on the Great Geek Refuge. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am your host for our podcast festivities, but I am joined by two consummate professional and honestly great friends of mine when it comes to uh, this podcasting thing and all things geeky and nerdy here at the uh, Great Geek Refuge. Our first co-host, you know him, you love him, he's got his own solo joint. It is called The Overflow with MC Brooks. He is also the host of our sports podcast, which... Oh man, I can't wait to hear about what he has to say after finding out all the dumb shit that Dan Snyder did. Uh, his yeah. name is MC Brooks. Happy sixth anniversary to the Hamburger Helper mixtape. Oh God, that thing is so good. It's so good. I was just listening to it the other day because um, I downloaded it so that we could use it on the podcast when we were talking about it in a previous episode. Like, you didn't think a, a glove that makes macaroni and hamburger together would, would make such <laughs> such good music, but it goddamn it's so good. Um, in co-host seat number two, you know him, you love him. He is incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to all things geeky, nerdy, movies, television, just a, a fountain of knowledge. I made fun of him last week um, and called him uh, Grandpa for watching Night Court, and he told me to suck a dick. Uh, his name is James Rambo. <laughs> So, hot take. Um, Starburst jelly beans, better than regular Starburst. Wow. I stand firm on this. Wow. Well, like... You, I'm not even mad at it. No, I mean, me neither, because, like... <laughs> like, they're fucking, they're fucking great. Yeah, and especially, too, because, like, a Starburst is, like, not only are you eating something that, that's tasty, it's but it's kind of like chewing on a candle. It's very waxy. And it takes you a while to get through it. So, <laughs> it's like another candle. <laughs> yeah, it's like eating a little square of candle. Yes. You gotta unwrap it. It's a whole. It's a whole thing. It's a whole ceremony. Yeah. Whereas a bag of jelly beans that tastes like Starburst, you can open it and pour it into your mouth. If you need just a funnel, that's your cool. Jaw yeah. Like a python. <laughs> and just chew them. Just fucking chew them. Um. So I want to start off. I I, I want to make this 
a celebration of all things MC Brooks because our man here not only loves the comic book, uh, he is cosplayed as the character and it, a really fucking dope cosplay too. So like there's, there's picture you put pictures of that up on the website when you did your, um, your adventures into comic conventions in the years past, correct? Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah, you should be able to find it. Baltimore Comic Con 2019 and also Blurred Con last year photos. There you uh, go. Time. There you go. Um, that that character we're discussing uh, is none other than the now portrayed by Oscar Isaac uh, Moon Knight. And it just premiered on Disney+. Plus. I'm going to stop because I want you, MC, you grab the mic, man. This is you. You kick us off. We're going to talk about episode one here. Um, so if you haven't seen it yet, spoilers, avoid uh, this conversation. Um and uh, Mr. Brooks, the floor is yours. All right. So are we, are we doing like general thoughts before we and and then the larger discussion? Like how are yeah. we how are we doing this? Yeah, let's do that. We'll do that. That sounds good. Okay. 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 Well, to start, <clears throat> just in general, I fucking loved it. And to say that I loved it would be in, would be an understatement. I, I think I had a lot of the same concerns that a lot a lot of people had when you know the show was announced and it was going to be on Disney Plus and we were like, oh God, how are we going to do like family friendly Dark Specter? That's <laughs> that's uh that's yeah we'll wonder how that's going to work. But I think um, like this show captured the exact tone I was looking for. It. I, I, I love the structure of the show. I love that like you're you kind of are going into this with no like no no MCU connection. You know, this is not someone who was teased in Eternals or you know some other property. Like this is its own thing. And I think we we've discussed at large before that like it'd be really cool if Marvel kind of did these one offs that just were not you know, that didn't necessarily need to be connected. To the rest of the MCU, and while I think Moon Knight obviously will be ine inevitably, I kind of like that with this episode in particular. You know, we're starting out with a very blank slate in terms of who this character is, whether you're familiar with him or not. Because you know, much like with the rest of the MCU, you know, Marvel had to you know they changed things when they when they came to you know adapting and bringing this character to our uh, our TV screens. Um, and I, I fucking loved it. Like Oscar, Oscar Isaac, if he does, it, I, I know this may be saying a lot for episode one, but I feel like he needs to win some sort of award, like for this, <laughs> for this performance, <laughs> uh, just for like the type of acting that he had to do in this, in this type of show in particular, the way that it really fucks with you as a viewer, but also, you know, Steven is also kind of an avatar for the viewer because we're also trying to figure out like what the hell is going on in addition to Steven trying to figure out um, with, with what's going on. And um, yeah, I mean, they, they, I, I could say a lot more, but I'll, I'll save it once we get a little bit deeper, but yeah, I, I fucking loved it. This, this episode was, was everything that I wanted this show to be. And I'm, I'm very excited to see what they, where they, where they go next. Yeah. Um, hundred percent. I hundred percent agree. I, Honestly, there has not been a movie I've seen Oscar Isaac in that I have not been movie or television show at this point that I have seen him in where I've been like, yeah, that was kind of a weak performance. Even like even an X-Men Apocalypse, like that movie was trash. But well, he, he was, was in that, wasn't he? Yeah, 
that movie was garbage, <laughs> but he was actually pretty good. Again, like he he brings something to the table in every and everything that he's in. Um, I I don't know as much about this character as you do. I know the basic hits. I know basically what the character is. But like he did such a good job because I feel bad for Stephen Grant. I'm watching this happen and I'm just like this poor fucking guy. Like that's all I can think when I'm watching this and like that's just a credit to him being an awesome actor. And like getting getting you emotionally invested in something that you don't know anything about. Like because otherwise like I just as far as I know I'm like oh he's a superhero and he can kick ass and something to do with Egypt and the moon and yeah, okay cool. So like watching this from that perspective is great, but also too fucking Ethan Hawke, man. Like I have no idea who this character is that he's playing. But like, just he is just like chewing scenery, like and, yeah. and so like, and he's not like over the top about it either. He's just like he's very like reserved, but you can tell that some shit's about to happen. And like he's, yeah. So far, I am all in on this. Like I oh, yeah, wish there sure. were more episodes. I would watch oh, yeah, for, most of them. Oh yeah, for sure. And and Ethan Ethan Hawke's character is actually one of the changes that they made because the actual character of Arthur Harrow is like a one off is a one-off character from like Moon Knight issue two. Like, and he wasn't like, he, he's not like, like he's not anything like, like a, like a Thanos or like, a, or, or even like a, a street level villain, like a Kingpin. Like he was literally just a throwaway villain that really, that has not popped up in the comics since his only introduction. So that, yeah. I mean, they, they have a lot of free range to kind of, you know, do to do whatever, do whatever they do. But, uh, um, Rambo, what do you think? How'd, how'd you like episode one? Yeah, no, man, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, I have a couple little gripes about some of the visuals, but overall, I was really impressed with it. I am really interested to see uh, where it's going to go. Um, I couldn't place the voice of Khonshu, and I was like, I know that voice. Fuck, mm -hmm. who is that? And then when the credits rolled, I was like, oh, of course it's F. Murray Abraham. Yes, that's exactly who that is. Um but yeah, no, I, 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 uh, <laughs> I knew um, a little thing uh, going into it, and the fact that that was the opening scene um, really kind of like blew my mind. Uh, that was Ethan Hawke's idea. Oh, the glass, the, the, the broken glass? glass shoes. Yes, that was Ethan Hawke's idea. Oh, shit. Um, that was unsettling too. Like, yes, it is. And because yeah. well, he, he was like, you know, I feel like. I feel like Arthur is this you know, sort of like religious zealot, um, and he would be the type of guy to to um, to like you know kind of self-flagellate or something. Um, and so he pitched the idea of like very casually breaking glass and pouring it in his shoes uh, while listening to Bob Dylan. Yeah, uh, like, and like that is even that Bob even even that Bob Dylan song is very interesting. You know, like. Because you think about um, his, uh, he's like the avatar for what's he called, Amit? I think. Carrie yeah. Died. Yeah. Yeah, and so like, one of the lyrics I remember hearing from that was like the Bob Dylan saying, "In the fury of the moment, I can see the master's hand in every leaf that trembles in every grain of sand." Oh which feels, shit. Which is very, which is very fitting considering what Arthur, what Arthur does. You know, he he judges he judges people. That's essentially it. And we see later in the episode, you know, he, he lets the, the dude go free. And then, you know, he takes the life force of uh, that woman who comes up to him and be judged. 
but like yeah just i i thought that was a cool little little easter egg yeah yeah it's, absolutely i just like i i also want to say too that like one of the things that i really appreciate about this is that they didn't play mark specter slash stephen grant's mental health issues for laughs and i appreciate yeah. I appreciate yeah. that there's a certain seriousness with this and sadness that comes with it too because when he goes to that restaurant to meet the girl but which you can see like he doesn't even remember like setting up a date with her and he's so excited he's like wow she's really cute and I, I get to have a date with her this is amazing and then he goes and he calls her and he's like hey where are you and she's like yeah th- th- I was there on Friday and you didn't show up lose my number and he's like but it is Friday and he asked the Asked the waiter, he's like, what day is it? And the guy's like, it's Sunday, sir. And he's like, you could see the heartbreak on his face because he yeah. didn't know. And I was like, man, like, I'm just, I'm really, really impressed with the way that they're handling that with a lot of respect because yeah, a lot of other, a lot of other media has not done that respectfully. Yeah. Including Moon Knight's own comics, <laughs> to be, to be honest. Yeah. Moon Knight's own comics because, you know, uh, you know, people, people have, like the way I mean, just in general, the way people will will use mental health issues in various forms of media media is generally problematic because for the most part, they always don't do the the best amount of research into what it does and how it's handled and how it what, what it what it makes a what it would make a character do in a particular scenario. And like in some of the interviews I've seen, like building up to Moon Knight in general, they. Like they they had uh, uh, people who were specialized in like with in like DID, like on set to help them make sure that they were handling everything correctly with uh, their not only their depiction of the character but how Steven or Mark or you know whichever whomever like to, to make sure that they are like the way that they're handling it is accurate and honest in terms of it being a genuine reaction or like a genuine understanding of this is what something that could happen in a, in a particular scenario. That's great. Yeah. It's again, too, like it respectful that that's, that's the, the, the key here. And it's, yeah, like it's not played for laughs and like, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on this, man. I am so excited to see what else is going to happen here and like how they're going to portray this character and like, the payoff too, because you're just like it, it just built to a head at the end of that first episode, because you're like, how's he gonna get out of this? Like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, Mark's talking to him in the mirror, and you're just like, oh shit, here it comes. And yeah. He's like, he's like, let me. He's like, let me take over. Let me get. Let me get it's, us out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, that that scene in particular, awesome. Because for one, it's a one shot, which I didn't realize my first viewing of it. Yeah. That entire that bathroom scene is a one shot. The way that the way that it's shot. And there's some there's so many like very subtle subtle things that they that they do in this. So like for example, um, when Steven is in there and he's freaking out, and the camera like pan, it pans over to the left, and like Mark is like is Mark, the first Mark, Mark speaks for the first time. You look into the mirror and you can see you know ton a ton of reflections, ton of reflections. Camera pans back to Steven again. He's freaking out, but then he he like very clearly hears the voice of Mark. And then when the camera pans over to Mark, you don't see that reflection anymore. Yeah. It's just Steven and Mark in that moment. All the parallax disappears and it's just the two of them. It's like it's it's so fucking cool. And and it, and it also makes me like think too of like give more props to Oscar Isaac because imagine having to do a scene like that and you're you're acting by yourself. Yeah. You know, 
you like you don't have like you might you might have like a stand in like give a voice so you know the cue to do certain things but for the most part he's acting in that entire in that entire scene by himself and even then has to act with himself you know and, and you know at both as you know Steven and as as Mark and and honestly that was one of the things that I, I kind of really appreciated with how this first episode went to which is like these blackout moments where it's just you know he's there and then like two seconds later he's you know he's bloody you know his fists are bloody and, he, and he's he's still holding the scarab and he's like wait what you know like th like all throughout the episode I, I kind of very much I thought that was a really dope way of portraying it while also like as a viewer trying to figure out like okay wait what he was just he just he just blacked out but but like I thought that was I thought that was dope just just how yeah. like, how how like how it paced between stuff and even even when we had like you know <laughs> uh, you know Kanchu just popping up and you know, like oh the fucking worm is here like uh, <laughs> <laughs> just just little stuff like that like I, I kind of I I, I I I very much enjoyed that and it, it really made me think a little bit also about like things that the cast was saying beforehand. In terms of just like, because um, Ethan Hawke did uh, in one of the interviews before was like part of the reason that he like the appeal of him signing on to, to like be this character, be part of the show was because he really liked how like the way it was pitched to him, how you are as a viewer questioning the like the accuracy and of the reality of what's being presented in front of you to begin with. Because even because like the the this episode obviously paints Stephen himself as kind of an unreliable narrator, like you're you're seeing things from from his perspective, but you're unsure whether you can trust that the things that you that you are seeing are actually what things are. And I found that to be kind of a, kind of like an interesting note um, because it, it made me have to kind of also rethink when I was watching episode one, like okay, this is what they're showing me, but like is this real like is this really what's happening or is this just like steven's perception of what's happening that we're being shown but it's not the actual reality of what is actually happening here it it makes me not sad but i've got a feeling that we're gonna have some moments that are pretty sad because of this and like the thing that i think of is is like uh, we, we had talked about it before that there's like a story where um, Moon Knight is like, yeah, I had this great adventure with yeah, Captain oh, yeah. America, and like, it turned out it never happened. And like, yeah, with Wolver him, Wolverine, and uh, Spider Man, and it just yeah. turned out he those were uh, he created new personalities based on them that he was that, that he was interacting with. Yeah, like that's gonna be a gut punch, dude. Yeah, because like, think, because think if you think about it, outside of like his like the the good a good portion of the people we see Steven interact with are people who can are people that don't talk back to him he calls his mother yeah but, he's definitely not talking to yeah, his mom yeah calls his mother not there he has that conversation he has a whole conversation with with uh with Crowley the 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 street performer statue which yeah. also another fun Easter egg because in the comics Bertrand Crowley was kind of like he like he would get information uh, about stuff from Moon Knight and like tell him about like bad shit he would see going on. It'd be it, like kind of like a human tip line, like hey, like nice. this this thing is going on over here. So like his inclusion is kind of a kind of, was kind of like a cool cool fun little Easter egg there. That is pretty cool. Yeah, like it's I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I, I think that this is going to be a different 
series than anything we've seen from Marvel, which honestly good for them. Like exactly what we were talking about, you know, hey, what do what would you like to see from Marvel? Like do some one shot shit, you know, like we don't yeah. need everything to be tied together. And and ultimately they tie them together to the MCU. Fucking cool. Great. Wonderful. Fantastic. Yeah, I, but if they don't I, also cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that I think they ultimately will just because I mean, Moon Knight's a he's, he's a very unique, unique character. And I think like with 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 Marvel seemingly kind of going like, you know, like ever since we had the Infinity Saga, just the MCU in general seems like it's it's branching off into different things and we're going to get different stories told in different places. Like for, like we're we, they just announced the Nova series. So like that's like we're getting a Captain Marvel sequel. Guardians three is coming. So like, we're going to get more space stuff, more more space stories, yeah. which is cool. Like you know, Eternals introduced Black Knight. We got our first audio uh, audio um, introduction to Blade. We know Blade is coming, so you mm-hmm. know they, you know, and and uh, both those characters are connected to Dracula. So like, seemingly they're gonna go down, you know, more into into more occult stuff, more supernatural stuff. It's, I mean, it's shit, just, the the special we're gonna get the the World by Night special. The World by Night Halloween. special, which which uh, yeah comes out on Halloween on Halloween this year. Um, so yeah, like, and there's there's all sorts of rumors about character about characters that are going to be in that. But uh, and and um, Werewolf by Night also is uh, he's part of the Midnight Suns, right? Mm, yeah, I think okay. like maybe like an old version. Okay, yeah, but like some but some version of, some version of it, right? Well, at the very least, like the the there's a, a connection there with Moon Knight because that was the first comic that Moon Knight appeared in. That yeah, that's right. So I mean that that could easily be a connection point. I mean, Werewolf by Night, or even the um, the the character. I don't I don't know the the, the character's uh, real name, but uh, if it's, they if... it's Jack Russell. Oh gee. <laughs> <You're>... No, <laughs> no, stop it. Jack Russell stop is it. Werewolf by Night. Jack Russell stop is it. the name of a man <laughs> that can turn oh. into a werewolf. Fucking stop. But I can actually see Kanchu being like, "All right, there's some like fucked up monster that is like, that I have sway over uh, that I need you to go and regulate." Yeah, because um, that's I mean that's generally what, that's that's like the purpose of the Moon Knight in general, which is like um, I'm you can, Rambo, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this because I'm not. But Kanchu, I mean, he's obviously part of the ENA uh, need. But isn't he like an elder? He's like considered an elder god, also like the gods that they themselves can't come to Earth. So they, so like the purpose of Moon Knight was to serve as an avatar to carry out his will, since he himself can't can't come to Earth. Dude, I'll, I mean, honestly, I think you know more about that than I do. Because <laughs> um, I, I think if, if I if I remember correctly, that's the that that's like that's the that's the point. And like, because because like, and we we'll, we'll probably see this whenever they show like kind of how Mark first meets Kanchu, like how he first gets the, the powers to begin with. But if I remember correctly, that's kind of that's kind of what it was, which was when Mark was left to die, Kanchu appeared before him and was like, you know, I can give you life so long as you'll, you know, you'll do this this stuff that I need you to do on Earth. You'll yeah. carry out my will you'll carry out my will on uh, on on Earth. Um and you know that's kind of how that how that ended up happening. So yeah, I could uh, yeah. I could yeah. Interesting thing with uh, Kanchi too, and I, I, not even just Kanchi, but with like what they mentioned the Ian I, I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. 
One would assume, yes, yes, that sounds right. Yes, yes quite, quite. Mm, yes, indeed. <laughs> but, you know, like, so another reference to, like, things maybe not being exactly what, uh, what they may seem, and this is, like, one of the things that Mark mentioned when he's in the gift shop is, like, oh, you only have, like, seven of the nine listed on you know listed on this poster here yeah which is which is curious because there are supposed to be nine but even like in one of the books that he he uh that he opens and even with uh some of the uh the names that are listed they they like the 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 is are nine specific gods and sometimes they include a tenth that tenth being uh being horus um but interesting interesting enough uh, one of the one of the ones that are mentioned is this uh, the sky goddess Hathor, who is actually not one of the Eonid, right? But the significance of it is Hathor is the one is the lover of Kanchu. Oh. And it's interesting mm. that Hathor would be included on this, even though traditionally she's not like it, there's no point in in history where she has been seen as as part of as part of that group so it's interesting that you know that her name was was mentioned in there and then also in the in like the visual component like the actual gods as they the gods and goddesses as they list them are all listed out of order um in terms of like like the son being listed at the top and then maybe his father underneath him and mother all the way down like it's the way that they were structured was just very it's very off but it makes me feel like there's probably something intentional behind that that you know maybe uh you know maybe we'll we'll get to because like i said like the way that they just kind of fuck with you as the viewer all throughout this is just like it's i i personally love it like uh like, oh like I, I just remember now like in the first shot of steven you look to the left of his bed you see that the rubik's cube is already completed but later in the episode we see him messing with it and you know, yeah. trying to put it back together again. Let, so, me, let me ask a question. So is, because I don't even know if it's Stephen Grant or Mark Spector or both or none, or like it's actually some other person, like who is he? Like what is he, his actual, like, or or is that the thing? Is like, we don't that, know. Well, yeah, that, that so, and this will get into, this will get into something that I kind of, that I mentioned prior to us recording this is a good tie and thanks for the question um so <laughs> like in the comics the steven grant persona is one that mark actually creates um tell me if this sounds familiar billionaire that creates a shell company that funds his superhero stuff <laughs> yeah so in the comics that's the steven grant persona is is that it's it's yep. It's you know it's the it's the persona he creates to help fund all of, all of the all of his Moon Knight all the Moon Knight stuff, um, but here obviously they 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 change they change that I think one so that people would fucking stop saying he's Marvel's Batman for <laughs> but but uh, but two I think it's it, it's it's I, I think what they're doing is is a little bit more interesting in terms of you know. Steven being an offshoot personality, being the main character, be, being kind of like the perspective that we're looking through here. And we're trying to like, we're trying to like, he's not Mark. He's not Moon Knight. 
he's he's Steven, but he's also trying to figure out exactly like what like what exactly is going on. It's part it's part of the mystery. Yeah. I mean the other question that I have for this too is like Mark Spector as a person, did he already have disassociative personality disorder? Or That's- is this a is this a consequence of him being the avatar for Kanchu? That's one of the, so that's one of the things that's been retcon that's been changed in recent years because, uh, like, diff you know different writers write write different stuff have written different yeah. stuff for the character and so, um, you get d- the the way that that's been handled has has been you know handled very problematic in some ways but in, in, but handled differently overall from writer to writer but the the modern kind of explanation for it now is that yeah like him. Him, uh, him having a god essentially inside of his head has kind of warped his sense of reality because it's 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 speaking to that like that separation of the separation between man and god like man and god are not meant to be equals so the fact that he has a god in his head essentially kind of you know steering him and all this and that that is what that's what made him develop the did it's it's a result of conch of him. Uh, becoming Conchu's avatar on Earth. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. All right. And and honestly, I think that's what they're doing in the show because they they're, they're like very subtle, very subtle things that kind of kind that kind of give us a timeline of events. Um, like when when Steven discovers the phone and he calls Layla, and and you know Layla has been calling for two months, and. Um, you know, or excuse me, when he when he calls Layla, like Layla explains, like you know, you like I haven't heard from you in in two months, which kind of gives us like a timeline of of stuff, because that, like I, I think kind of the brilliance of it too, and is like let's be let's be real, Oscar Isaac's British accent is not good, <laughs> <laughs> it's not good, <laughs> but. I think it's not good on purpose. And he even he alluded to it in, in an interview he did before the series came out. But it makes sense if you think about Stephen Grant thinks of himself as someone who has lived a full life to this point. But with that two month reference point, it like we this is a I'm, I'm guessing because we, we don't know yet. But it sounds like maybe the Stephen Grant persona has only really existed for two months now. And so the reason it sounds bad is because he's only he, it's an accent he's only had for two months or that he's been faking for two months as this other persona of course it wouldn't sound natural it wouldn't sound natural because he had he he himself has not actually lived a full life as stephen grant he himself has only existed for this two months s- seemingly two months since mark became the avatar and that explains why it's like why it's so off-putting why it's bad because, I mean, Oscar Isaac's is a great actor. I'm sure if he really wanted to do a convincing British accent, he could. But, yeah, absolutely. But, Unless like, he's like it's, Kevin it's... Costner, and that's, he just can't do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, there is yeah. also that. Some, some actors just can't do accents. Yeah. But, but I mean, Oscar did say, like, that was part of the uh, part, part of the thing is is was was that. They, he, he, it's, it's, meant, it's meant to not be good. And there's, and... The reason for it is something that we would discover over the course of the show. And I think that's what it is, that Steven has literally only existed for two months, but he thinks he's lived a full life, which is why. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. But uh, Rambo, you said you had some gripes with some of the stuff in the episode. What were they? It was it, it's it's not narrative stuff. It's uh, some of the visuals. Um, in particular, why isn't Conchu a guy in a suit? They couldn't get Doug Jones. They couldn't get uh, the guy who played uh, uh, Mama and Mama. They couldn't get like there's no physical actor. Every time Conchu appeared on screen, particularly in um in the sequence when they're in like what like Sweden or Germany or wherever they are, mm-hmm. um, when Conchu like walks up behind Mark, uh, or at that, at that point Steven, I was like, oh, hello CG character, <laughs> like it's so <laughs> obvious. And it, it takes me out for just a second um, that it's kind of a bummer, uh, particularly when the designs all look so good and you Agreed. could very easily just put a guy in like, you know, in mummy wraps and put it, the, you know, and, and, and like green screen their their head and put the, 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 the raven skull over top of that. Um, like... It would look better. It, it, practical effects always look better. Yeah. Always. And I'm hoping that we don't just get CG characters so consistently. I, I, I feel like overall a lot of the CG in this first episode was not great. It's not bad. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. But it stands out. Like, it calls attention to itself. And I, I'm I'm wondering how much of that is going to be because, like, later on in the in the show, there's, like, big crazy shit coming our way. Um, and like, you know, budget had to go here instead of here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it, it, it didn't ruin the experience for me or anything, but it definitely like, it feels obvious. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's a stumbling block where I was like, ah, oh, she didn't do that. You, you know what I feel that way looking at it is the suit in that final act. Like when he's, when yeah. he's beating up, like, I feel like I'm looking at it and I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I'm watching an actual person in the suit right there. Like, a, like someone actually in the suit punching, you know, just punching in sequence and they're going to, you know, add in the, you know, the, 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 uh, the creature he, he beat up at the end there. It yeah. felt like they, like there's a CG, a CG version of the Moon Knight suit and character. And that's what they use there in place of an actual actor. Yeah. It's, it's a strange choice. Yeah. Um, and, and not like, what I'm super jazzed about. Yeah. And, and like, and the thing is, like, I I know a physical suit exists because we have there are images from other points in the series where we see uh, uh, either Mark or Steven, where we see Oscar Isaac in the suit without like without the uh, without the hood and the the face mask, whereas you can see like the the chest plate, but his his head is visible. So like they're cl- like an actual suit clearly exists that they that they are that they use for the for the actor. It's curious that they that they just did not use it for for that, especially too for the character itself. Because like yeah. I mean, like there's certain ones that you have to do digitally, like the Hulk and stuff like that. But Marvel, for the most part, like puts their guys in actual suits, like for the most part. It, yeah. Well, it depends. Which is true. It depends. Like, it, 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 of late, they have been leaning more and more toward not doing that. Oh really? Yeah, like in particular, that you can see it if you look at any of the behind-the-scenes stuff in um, No Way Home. There's a lot of shots where it's it's um, it's Peter in the, uh, the 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 gray pajamas. Um, now, in fairness, it does tend to be it does seem to be that it's scenes where 
if there's going to be any kind of significant um, CG uh, um, augmentation, they just default to like, all right, well, then we're just going to put them in the in the, the reference suit. Uh, whereas if it's like, you know, sort of like, a, like basically if, if Peter's just talking to MJ, um, he's going to be wearing, you know, Tom Holland's going to be wearing the, the proper Spider-Man suit. Um, but like almost exclusively uh, with, with like Downey, they would just have him in the in the reference suit, um, and I wonder how much of that was like choices by the directors and how much it was down to being like I don't want to wear this shit anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, I, yep. it, it's it seems to be a lot of like you know whatever is going to be easiest on the back end, which I can appreciate, but you know don't then have that sacrifice quality. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I mean. Yeah, I, I can. I mean, I can. I can see it. And the thing, and the thing too, with like we all agree that the new suit looks fucking cool. But I mean, oh, yeah. they could have very easily just done like one of his comic book suits if they wanted something that would be easier to just have, like for a practical suit, something that would be easier to to put together. I mean, not to say that I have accomplished that with my cosplay, but I mean, you could have easily just you know designed either like. Um, just to the, do the all do just the all white suit, or the 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 black the the black suit but with the white accents with the white cape and and everything like they could have done something and, and made it a bit more practical. I mean, like I, I think the mummy wraps are look fucking cool. I think it makes everything look uh, look dope. But you know, I I mean, I agree with you, Rambo. Like practical, <laughs> practical, practical. You know, works best for me. And we've seen, you know, we, we, we've seen, you know, some versions of them look really, really cool. So, you know, hopefully, I just, I, hopefully they do that. They, they change it. They, they change that a lot. They are saving stuff for, for later. Cause I mean, it does seem like, you know, if we're, we're going to be doing stuff with like the gods with, with Kanchu, yeah, with Amit and, and, and presumably probably other figures also showing up. In some in some form or fashion, maybe maybe it was just like a choice that you know like he said, we'll we'll skim a little bit you know here because you know we we needed it for all this stuff coming later. Yeah. Well, and what we've seen uh, uh, consistently, and at least this is my my opinion on this one, is the best CG is used sparingly, and not relied upon. So like, I always think of the, the one that I always think of as I always think of Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park's graphics, for the most part, have really held up well, considering how old it is. And, like, a lot of it was because it's not just all computer-generated. It's computer-generated, and there's a lot of practical effects, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you rely too heavily on one or the other, you're going to run into limitations on either. And, like, we talked about this at length before. Like, when you go all digital, you can do anything. And sometimes that's not the best thing because yeah. it becomes unrealistic. And yeah, um, either way, like I'm, yeah. I, I can't wait to see like yeah. more of him as Moon Knight. That's the thing I'm excited about. Yeah. One, one, uh, one last thing. How, how did you guys feel about the the level of violence in this? Like, were you surprised? Was it on brand for what you were expecting? Um, considering we didn't get a lot of actual visuals um, in the moment, we mostly got sort of like the after effects. Um, I was, I was slightly disappointed we didn't get to see more of it. Um, I will <laughs> yeah. say it was bloodier than I expected. 
yeah. I I was not expecting uh, uh, Marvel to go like like lean in that hard on that. Um, and not like you know oh casual red kind of like spatter here like like Steven's fist is covered in blood. Yeah, <laughs> I was like holy <laughs> shit, that is y'all are not fucking around with that. All right, cool. Yeah, they they did not shy away from it at all. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not. Here's a perfect segue. It's not nearly as bloody and gory and violent as that first episode of Halo. Uh, <laughs> But in truth, but, um, that's only because we don't see the actual uh, action on screen. That's true. Yeah, because yeah, like all true. we saw was the the flash. And again, that was artfully done. It really was. Like yeah. I liked the way yeah. they handled that. And I and I'm pretty sure that what's going to happen is is we're going to get the inverse where we're going to get to see the. Oh, violence. almost yeah. certainly. Oh yeah, I would, for sure. No, I also for sure. wouldn't be surprised to see the same scenes play out from Mark's perspective. Yeah. Which which I think. We're going to get because I I believe episode two is from Mark's perspective. Oh, is it? Well, one of these next couple oh, episodes is, is is told for, is is told from from Mark's perspective. Cool. I, so yeah, I I really do hope we we uh we get to see that because that'll be yeah, dope. that'll be good times. Um, so yeah, if you haven't watched it yet and you stuck all the way through and heard all the spoilers, um, go watch Moon Knight. It's good stuff. Um, let's talk about Halo. So we talked about first episode of uh, the Halo series, and like I gotta say, like if you're looking at the balance right now, if you're looking at the balance right now of what have we gotten more story or violence, it's been way more story. Yeah. And like I think that that's a good thing. I think that's really smart on the directors and producers of this series that like we're not just gonna rely on this first person shooter concept and this is then that's all you get is like hey it's just violence and blowing shit up because granted you probably could have done that and and a lot of the fanboys would have been super happy but like it's not what's best for television it's not what's best for a series it's not what's best for telling a narrative and like i got i gotta say so far i wasn't expecting much to be to be fair because it's it's a video game series you know like how great could it be well um the witcher is like kind of laid the groundwork for it can be pretty fucking dope and this has been so far i'm totally in on this series i'm really excited to see what they're gonna do and i'm really excited to see how they're going to tie it together with a very famous video game franchise and like i mentioned in the first episode or the episode that we had last week where i was talking about like i i know in the in the video games the planet of reach gets obliterated by the covenant. Are they going to do that? Um, is that what we're leading up to? I know that master chief is one of the last Spartans. Um, they're, they're laying some really interesting groundwork cause they're, they just started. Um, and again, spoilers for this one too. They basically started the Cortana project in episode two. And like, that's really fucking cool. I I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I liked the, the balance that we got where it, um, Master Chief wasn't just like this um, artifact completely changed him. It it triggered something, and he's like, "What's going on?" But he's still that like, "Yeah, well, I'm I'm still kind of a robot for the most part, and that's not really changing." Um, but he was kind of given the tools to to do more with that. Um, as a guy's name, um, I can't remember. Uh, Woodbine is his last name. I can't. Sorry, Bokeem Woodbine. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bokeem Woodbine, I loved his character. That dude I thought was, it was so good. Yeah, he's I, such I, a good I, actor. I, every time I hear he's in something, I'm more excited to watch it. Same. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was great in the second season of Fargo. Uh, he was great Fox in... so good in Fargo. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I, I really enjoyed this uh, thus far. I was hoping for a little more action, but that's okay. I, I like I like that they're building something. I like that they explain things, that we understand how the slipstream drive works, that, like, we're getting little bits and pieces here. Like, we still don't understand why that human girl is running the Covenant. Like, what's going on with that? I don't, I don't think she's running it. I think she's she's one of the Blessed Ones, and so she's one... Basically, she's able to access the tech in a, in a way that the, the Covenant can't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense too, and especially too like I think that they've made her like a deity in a way, but they're also like yeah that's cool you're a deity but you're not in charge of shit so and we're, we saw we got to see a little bit of that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of cool because none of us is like a huge Halo like junkie. Yeah, and like all of us are kind of like in, in the in the in the dark on this, and it's kind of a mystery. So it's kind of fun. I very much rolled my yeah. eyes when I heard they were doing the show. And I am very pleased with what we've gotten so with so uh, with what we've gotten so far. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Give me takes on this. Yeah, because I mean, like, obviously, we went into way more detail on Moon Knight, and then we'll wrap up here in a little bit, and we'll get into our game in the next episode. But like, a- any other thoughts on Halo so far? Like, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I like it. I, I don't think it's bad. I, it ha- I don't think it's it hasn't grabbed me. As like as much as I think it has for for either of you, but like I don't I, like it's, I don't think it's bad. Like I'm still enjoying the. I'm not like, I'm not gonna not watch it uh, going yeah. forward because I'm because I I'm curious about I'm I'm curious about where the story is going. I mean honestly, I I still kind of see like some Mandalorian comparisons, but. Even with that, I, I I enjoy that they're kind of digging a lot into the lore because I don't know anything about Halo. You know, like I I know it's a shooter. That all this stuff is new information to me. If you if you'd asked me this two weeks ago, I would not have been able to tell you about Reach or Cortana or any of this shit. <laughs> I know or Spartan. I I know none of this. So like all of that is is super is super interesting and super fascinating to me. And then in addition to learning more about um, the lore that they're pulling from here. I'm also interested in a lot of the reactions to it too. So like I've been, uh, in addition to like watching the stuff for myself, I'm also uh, like looking up like uh, commentary from people who are familiar with Halo lore just to see like, you know, how much they're liking or disliking the series. And that for the most part, the vast majority of people agree with us. Like we like it. This is dope. This is really cool. Good. Like it's cool that they're, like even though yes they are, <clears throat> there are things that they have ch- that they are changing for the TV show. Many of the changes that they've made outside of one in this in this episode um, are uh, that's not for me, but that's what I've what I've read. Um, but outside of one change made in this episode, for the most part, people kind of are enjoying the things that they have that they've uh, that they've done. Like for example, Bokeem Woodbine's character Soren, uh, Soren being a character who is either not in the games or not a big part of the games and someone who only really exists in like uh the books the the um the books for for halo but people are very excited because they like the character and they're like fuck we're getting more soren let's yeah. go you know because they they like they genuinely like the character and that's one of the things that they you know they seemingly are excited to get more of that yes it's deviating from what they may know 
but it's cool to kind of see it all kind of come together in this way, in this way also. Because, I mean, we, we know this. We, we talk about this with the MCU. Like, like it's not just, be, just because it's changed for an adaptation doesn't make it a bad thing. You know, some things need to be. Some things are just, you know, director's choices. But either way, I, 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 I enjoy what we've gotten what we what we've gotten so far i'm enjoying learning about some of the the easter eggs for different uh for different characters um that that pop up like uh like lord hood uh showing up in this in this episode and uh the short sword um in in one of the early scenes of, of this episode so yeah i'm i'm very excited i'm i'm liking it like i it, it hasn't like i said it hasn't fully grabbed me in the way that I'm like, oh god, I need to make sure I watch it every week, but I still like it, so I'm I'm, I'm intrigued enough that I'm going to keep watching, and I want to I want to learn more, I want to get more interested in this lore and with these characters and with this story, and just kind of see where everything's going. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious how they're going to. They they laid the groundwork for some interesting stuff because for the most part, John one one seven slash Master Chief has been pretty emotionless. Yeah. For the most part. But the fact that Soren gave him the keys to how to fix that is interesting. Yeah. And I wonder if that I wonder if it's gonna be um a Chekhov's gun situation, you know? Like you, you talk about a gun in the second scene and by the third scene it's gotta be used. Is that the same thing? He's talked about the roadmap for what you gotta do if you want to undo this brainwashing that you you know, this indoctrination that you've been given. Right. This, yeah, like, are you going to do something with it? So I'm really curious how they're gonna, how that's gonna play out. Yeah, because like one, one of the, one of the things that I, that I was reading, because I, I, I was reading about the the Soren character, um, and like one of the differences that they that they made, because in the in 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 the books, um, he is actually disfigured. He's disfigured during the augmentation pro uh, portion of the Spartan program, and he's he's deemed unable to become a Spartan. Oh, which is really yeah he yeah that that's that's his original story, and that that's something that they that they changed for this episode. Huh. Wow. Also, okay. also uh, another thing with his character, um, and this is this was this is news to me. I don't know if this was mentioned in the in the episode at all. Um, but, uh, Spartans are, I guess, generally sterilized. So that's why I was kind of shocking that Soren has a child. Huh. They're sterilized to, 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 to be kept from, from being able to reproduce. That's well, that, I mean, that's a slick little retcon too, because Soren, because that's what, that's what, uh, John thinks. Hmm. And then Soren says, no, nah, man, it's like, yeah, if you keep up with all the treatments and things, yeah. And that, and that's when he leads into the, you know, that little, you know, that old, you know, ball in your back. Like that's what yeah. stops you from, from feeling things. He's like, well, it, no, it, it, it eliminates distractions. Like, no, man, it's, it kills your emotions. Well, that's a very similar aspect to Black Widow, where you know they basically sterilize all of them so that they can be more efficient killers because you don't need distractions, you don't need to be pregnant. It's the mm -hmm. same thing with with the Spartans, you know, we, we can't have you guys fucking and having kids and stuff like that because then, you know, like you won't be as, as good a killer, you know, you might get distracted. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Um, But yeah, like it's that, that's the first, like, like you said, MC, like I'm not like a fanboy. I'm not in this because like I gotta watch it. 
But like little things like that are telling me that they're going to do some really interesting shit with the story. Yeah, it's it's not it's not blowing my mind or anything, but it's definitely more interesting and more engaging than I expected a Halo show to be. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. Like, I'm not like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life, and it's fantastic and wonderful, but it's like enough to keep me watching. I agree. Like, when, when the, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say it hasn't fucked anything up yet. And like, that's why I'm still, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm still in for this. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, firstly, you know, um, you know what I didn't realize that he was the dude from Orange is the New Black. Uh, you might have mentioned that Mustache. you might have mentioned that last yeah. week, but I, I it 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 just hit it just hit me when I was watching. I was like, fuck, why is he from fuck porn stash? Pablo Schreiber, yeah. He's the porn stash. <laughs> he's the he's effectively the lead in the second season of The Wire. Um yeah, that dude can act. He's got range, he's he's got a hell of a career. Yeah. Oh. He was he played like this crazy psycho killer uh in law and order svu he was on like like tw- yeah like 20 episodes if i remember correctly but yeah no shit yeah um it was the one he was the one that like he was like super um yeah he, he's basically like he's got that serial killer mentality where he's like um he's super convincing and super charming um and like it's him and olivia basically like he's trying to like one up Olivia and like at one point like he escapes and captures Olivia and has her like yeah it's a whole fucking thing man like he, yeah he he was really really good in that so <laughs> while we were watching it I was like man like there's they really like stacked his fucking boots or something because I knew I knew uh Bukim Woodbine was pretty tall yeah Woodbine is six foot Pablo Schreiber is six foot five is he really he's oh, a damn. big boy <laughs> <laughs> that dude is fucking tall and broad. I didn't realize he was that big. But know, like, right? one of the things that was was throwing me off, like just visually, was like I was looking at how like weird he looks um, in the armor without his helmet. I was like, why is his head so small? And then it's no, it's that the armor is so fucking big. The armor is massive. Yeah, yeah, it's super thick. Which honestly, like I was, it was one of the concerns I had was like. How do you make that armor not look like an impediment? Right. Like, as as you know, as cool as that design is, like you know, it's it's kind of up there with with uh, with Samus's suit uh, or one yeah. of the, one of her many suits. It's like it's a great design, but how does someone actually function in that? How does somebody actually move in a way that like you know isn't just I can lift my arms this high? Um, as opposed to, I need to be able, you know, the Spartans are supposed to be super fast and agile and, you know, acrobatic and shit and do all this crazy stuff. That's like, well, if they can't like, you know, reach behind them, <laughs> like if they can't, if they can't, you know, fucking catch themselves when they fall, it's not that effective. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Um, it, there, there's a lot. Again, but they, they, those are pretty realistic. I mean, that armor looks almost like it was taken out of the video game. Oh, yeah. No, it, it is a oh, yeah. spot-on recreation. Yeah. But, yeah, o- overall, just like, yeah, it, it's, it's, you haven't, you haven't fucked anything up yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm good, you know? Now, but what do you guys think is going to happen, like, because, you know, he went back. What do you think is going to happen next week with him? 
it's it's interesting know, too, man, because like he absolutely a hundred percent trusts Halsey. And there's this weird like mother son thing going on with them. And like Honestly, like that was the other thing I wanted to point out, man. Boy, they have played portrayed the humans as bastards in this series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like and it's and it's uh, again, you know, like it's it's good. You know? Like I, the way that they're doing it, it's very 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 realistic. It, it like in the in the sense of like this militaristic concept of like, well, we don't give a fuck. We have a mission to accomplish and we got to do whatever and who cares about the rules and like I'm digging that. But yeah, like at first, I thought Halsey was going to be this, like, sympathetic scientist character who it's like, you know, she just wants to improve the human race. No, she is a piece of shit. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, wow, this is this is fucking crazy. But, like, again, it, it's making for a really, really compelling series because he comes back, and he's just eating it up. He's just like, yeah, Mom, what, what should I do now? And, like, it's, it's really off-putting because of how, like, how much of a badass Master Chief is and, like, how strong and, like adept he is in combat but then he just comes back and he's basically like a little kid i don't know what to do mom what should we do it's again like wow this is some shit yeah i and like what i really appreciate about halty's character is you kind of don't know if she really does care about the spartans or not like his people like it could yeah. very easily just be, oh no, you know, she's just a, a a heartless monster, and they're just experiments to her. But if she's the one who's basically even experimenting on them and working on them the entire time, it would be hard for her to be fully separate from seeing them as like her kids. And so, and with John being like, you know, the biggest and the strongest and the fastest and all that shit. Um, to not have some kind of a special relationship with them. So I'm, I'm, that's one of the things that got my interest is like, I don't, I don't know. Like, is she full of shit or is she like, you know, trying to play both sides? Um, I do know that, uh, did you ever watch Alien Resurrection? Uh, the one with the, 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 the shittiest one, the human hybrid thing, right? Yes. Like, yes. yes. Brad Dourif's character in that movie, the scientist, is kind of obsessive about xenomorphs to the point of, like, you know, calling them beautiful and all this shit. And I, you know, there's a little bit of that in Halsey in that, like, she is really excited because things are not working the way they're supposed to. Like, there's kind of a, a like, a pure scientist in that um, she's like, wait a minute, like, all of the information we have, all the experiments and stuff we did said that they yeah. should be doing this and they should be responding this way. Oh, yeah. That was and how I read that at first. I thought she was excited because 100%. He's, he's doing he's not doing what we thought he would. Mm -hmm. And like I thought she was like for it. And that's why in the second episode, I was so off, not off put, but like she genuinely doesn't give a fuck. And I was like, whoa, wait, what? Like, and I'm wondering if that's all like part of, she does that because she knows if she does that, she gets the funding. If she plays the game. Oh yeah, no, I think she's absolutely lying to all the military. Oh, okay. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, she she doesn't give a fuck what they think. Um, she's gonna tell them whatever they need to hear. I mean, the fact that, that she totally threw that general under the bus um, uh, uh, when she was like, well, there's, you know, there's this new program that I've been working on with such and such. 
uh, you know, the woman who told me specifically to cancel and destroy this oh, program. Yeah, that was great. I loved that. She was just um, like, oh, but we have this one thing. But she, I mean, she said it was cool, right? You're like, yeah, yeah she, she totally, go ahead. And you're like, you yeah. fucking bitch. Yeah, she totally played her. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I think she is uh, fully only invested in whatever she wants to do and however she wants to do it. Um, and that... Um, I don't think that that precludes her from actually genuinely caring about the Spartans, um, but I do I, I do think that her her interests um, she's not a selfless person, put it that way. Uh, she and she's not someone who is looking to help anyone but herself uh, or or further her own uh, needs and desires, and that includes her you know her lifelong experiments. Um, in the in the Spartans, um, I will say though there is there's a bit of a, a kind of a funky timeline thing because like we're, I'm not wrong in that thinking we're supposed like we're supposed to be thinking that Halsey's the one who created the Spartan experiment or program, right? Uh, yeah, right. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So then, how old is she? I don't know because like how... you look at her and you look yeah. at the the other Spartans, you're like. Well, maybe like fifteen year age difference, but like that means that she was fifteen when it was created. Well, hang on. How old? Like the flashback that they had at the beginning of the episode. How many years ago was it? I can't remember. Was it eleven years ago? Which flashback? Remember at the beginning of the episode where like he's uh, a kid, more or less. Like wasn't we and, don't know. And so, yeah, no, they said they said. Hang on, fuck. Um, I'll have to go back and watch. But either way, it said how many years ago it was, like in that flashback from like the, the the present timeline. But I'm also wondering if the Spartans are grown quicker, if that makes well, sense. So, so I don't think they are. And I, I say that specifically because one of the, the, the points of contention that somebody has during that meeting is the flash growing of clones. Yeah. Like that, that's, that, that's a big no, no. Um, but also we, you know, the, the implication I got and, and from what little I know of, of sort of like some of the Halo lore is this is more along the lines of like a Witcher situation where these were just kids that were taken from their families. Which goes with the flashbacks that he's having. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Paul Schreiber is 43. And yeah, because yeah, I mean, like, if I don't know how old we're expecting her to be, I mean, she could be in her 40s, I mean, she could be in her 50s. Like, that's the other thing, too, is the future, man. Maybe she looks great for her. Hey, age. That's true, that yeah. is true. I mean, I, I will say this, but the, the, the actual actors, there's a nine year age difference between uh Natasha McElone, um, and Pablo Schreiber. Um, so <clears throat> So yeah, I was I th that was one of the things that threw me. I was like, really? That is... Yeah. Hmm. So I'm 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 curious to know, I'm because we know the show takes place in 2552. That's that's the that's the one of the things we do know. They don't have like with her character. If they adopt the version of her, the birthday of her character from the game, which we have no reason to believe that they would, but if they do, then her character is supposed to be 60 years old. Her, her, yeah. Her, 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 okay, her, so her she birthday. could have been like a very young scientist who came yeah. in. And yeah, because in in because I looked up her in in the game, 
she comes in when she's like in her very early 20s like 22 years old okay so that i mean that this is I mean, this is assuming that they're that, like they're adopting the same thing which would make her 60 years old even though the actor doesn't look 60 but um that they would place her at about about 60 60 years old okay. and that's if they if they're adopting her same birthday from the from the game and they, they haven't changed it All right. Yeah. Okay, I'm down for that. And like, you know, if if the Spartans are supposed to skew a little bit younger so that like they're maybe supposed to be like their mid thirties thereabouts. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I'm 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 very uh very interested. Um I like did you catch the um when when uh John's talking to Reth? And Reth is kind of giving the background on like like what the artifact is or what little little bits of information we get. You can hear little hints of the Halo theme and the, yes. the soundtrack. Yeah. I noticed that too. Yeah, yeah. I I'm honestly like, and this episode is laying the groundwork for that. Yeah. We are going to see the Halo, and I think that that's really cool. And like this did exactly what I was hoping it would do. In the sense that, like, now we know what, one, the Covenant is looking, why they were looking for that um, artifact. Two, that the Halo is in play. Three, that they think that it's a, um, a like, it's like this amazing thing. Because the, the basic premise is, is, like, they want it because they think that it's going to be, like, it's almost like a, a savior sort of thing. It literally wipes out all sentient yeah. life in the galaxy. Like, it's, and and it's a weapon but they think it's a holy relic. So like, it's this awesome like balance of master chief being like, fuck. But additionally too, we don't find this out in the first game until like you're good halfway through. Cause you have no idea. You just crash land on this fucking thing. And you're like, well, what is it? I don't know. Let's figure it out. No. So you already know going into this. So I think that that's a really, yeah. really awesome, awesome take. Yeah. I, the, the character you mentioned too, is actually one of the things people hated about this episode. Like, Oh, is, Reth? Yeah, Reth, yeah. Because Reth in the uh, originally is meant to be a, a character that looks like a jackal. Okay. And instead and, and uh, instead we got, you know, the, this dude who you know, I guess is kind of behaving really erratically. But also that, and, and again, like, uh, we're all in, like uh, largely on figure with, with Halo lore, but let, yep. that, um, Cortana is the one who actually the people have an issue with the fact that uh, learning about Halo from Reth as opposed to something that Cortana actually discovers. All right. Yeah, again, I don't have any any like dog in this fight in terms of like yeah, oh they're breaking away from the lore. Like I I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, I mean, and like if you do, hey, more power to you. But yeah. I I the most I've ever played any of those games was I played I think the second one with my then girlfriend and I think we beat it but it was mostly just like all right yeah let's just run play this game for a while um but yeah this is already way more interesting uh than any game experience I have with Halo yeah yeah agree yeah hundred percent yeah that's that's exactly how I feel so um. 
Yeah, so we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode because what we're going to do is we are going to play a game for episode two, so make sure you tune in to that. MC's got something on deck for us. Um, but thanks to Mr. Brooks, thanks to Mr. Rambo, uh, but also thank you all for listening to another wonderful episode of At The Diner. We appreciate you. Make sure you're following us on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. There's a Facebook group that you can be part of with all of our other uh, friends and family and such who are uh, involved in the geeky, nerdy world. Uh, so, yeah, please follow us there. But also, too, uh, check out the website. Lots of great content there. There's tons of podcasts, uh, lots of old articles that we have, too, that you can check out. That's greatgeekrefuge.com. Uh, but for all of us here, thank you again. We appreciate you. And remember, together, there are no heights that we can't reach. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy! Don't you-